Hello, hey, my name is Kyler. Before I start, you can find this podcast show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and more. All of these available platforms are provided via the social media link below. And also, as I mentioned last week, I have a YouTube channel out now. I have one video. It's a different kind of video. Um, I'm gonna be quite honest. It's not my most favorite video. I think it's still like I wouldn't post something if I didn't think at least a few people would like it. But um, turns out it's a, a lot of people's favorites out of all of the ones I've made, and I haven't posted all of the videos that I've made, but maybe soon. Um, a lot of them I actually put on my Instagram story. So if you don't check my stories and you are following me, check my stories because I'm very active on my stories. Um, what else? Basically, that's it. I think I'm going to get right into the show because I'm very excited to start talking about these topics. Basically, the first thing I want to talk about is how... T-I-F-F, which is TIFF, um, Toronto International Film Festival. If you have not heard about it, it's huge. Um, It's getting a lot of attraction or traction, rather, around the world this year and previous years, of course. Huge stars go there. Renee Zellweger went there, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um... Lady Gaga has been there, and this year J-Lo is going, and huge, huge stars. You know, like, you name it, they might have gone in the past or are going this year. Like, huge movies, Gaga's Netflix documentary, Five Foot Two or Three or something like that, premiered there. J-Lo's Hustlers is premiering there. And I want to take a second to talk about Hustlers, because I don't know if I talked about it last week, but... Basically, I really, really want to see it. I'm very excited to watch it. I watched... Oh, yeah, because I talked about J-Lo's YouTube. Um, I watched... If you didn't listen to last week's episode, you can hear me talk about J-Lo's YouTube and A-Rod's YouTube um, videos and content. Basically, she made a video about it, and I had thoughts about that. Anyways, so... I didn't get to go this year. I know some people that went. It's a public thing. You can get tickets. You can go see it. I don't know if it's open publicly to all of the movies. Of course, everybody would want to go to the ones like that J-Lo is going to be attending because, hello, J-Lo. Um, but basically, I want to talk about how, I don't know, this story just kind of moved me. Basically, Renee Zellweger, who... Um, was premiering her movie, Judy, which is um, about Judy Garland near the end of her life when the famed Wizard of Oz star arrived in London to perform sold-out shows at Talk of the Town nightclub. And um, while there, Garland meets and falls in love with her soon-to-be fifth husband, Mickey Dean. Deans, rather. Um, and Renee Zell- Zellweger, rather. Um plays plays Judy Garland and I guess she did an amazing job. I watched the trailer for it and I was moved just from that. Judy Garland, Renee Zellweger, amazing. Um if you have not been keeping up with Renee Z- Renee Zellweger, I keep saying her name wrong. Renee. If you haven't been keeping up with Renee or Zellweger, I I get the Zellweger part wrong, but I want to be respectful and call her Zellweger. And not just Renee, but whatever. Anyways, you know who. She was on a Netflix limited series. I think it was a limited series called What If? That was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I think that role was great for her. She did an amazing job. I'm not qualified to say that, but I'm going to say it anyways. It's just my opinion. Um, Loved that. Definitely a good watch. And of course, she's like, she's Bridget Jones. So there's that too. And talking about Renee Zellweger, by the way, I reference her in my YouTube video. So if you want to know about that reference, go to the YouTube video. Um, But basically, at the end of this movie, people started to give 
Renee Zellweger like an ovation. They gave her like two. Um, and supposedly, according to this article anyways, um, somebody was tweeting how the Variety critic that attended, Janelle Riley, tweeted, in 15 years at TIFF, I've never seen a standing ovation like the one for Renee Zellweger at Judy. I'm going to get her name right one day, I promise you. Um, and I watched the clip of the ovation and I was just, I was floored because it was just so incredible. Like, just imagine being Renee, Renee Zellweger or even in that room to feel that energy, you know, to get an ovation is just amazing. Anyways, basically that happened. I wish I attended TIFF. I'm going to next year for sure. I'm, I'm saying it now and I'm going to attend if I'm in the city. If I'm not, then I don't know where I'm going to be because it's probably going to be during the academic year. And if I'm not in Toronto, then I don't know where I am. Um, I hope I'm somewhere better. Um, but that sounds like I'm going to die. And I, you know, I sometimes joke about it, but I don't um, want to. Basically, that's that. But more TIFF talk. Oh, TIFF talk. I should really, I should name this episode TIFF talk, to be honest. Um, Jennifer Lopez got like super emotional after hearing that um, they want to give her an Oscar for her. Well, they don't want to. Like a lot of people want to, but she's not nominated yet. Um, basically for her performance in Hustlers. And I find it interesting when they say performance because I think performance as in live, but um, I, it's, I guess, still an, a performance, you know, um, acting. Um, but anyways, she, um, yeah, I guess was just doing so well in this movie. She was so believable that she's, people want her to get an Oscar and I think she deserves one. I think she's one of those people that, yes, she has a lot of fame and a lot of buzz, but I think she deserves more. Like, she works so hard. It's crazy. And the amount of work she puts into her projects is next level. Like, all of her performances are amazing. She dances. Like, I don't want to be ageist or whatever and say old people can't dance. She's not even that old. But, um, like, a lot of people her age would have quit the dancing part if they came out originally as dancers, but she's been dancing, like, her entire career, and she's so, like, multifaceted. She's a singer. She's an actress. She's, a like, a performer. She's a creator, an artist, etc. Um, and I'm just really happy for Renee and J-Lo, basically. I think they deserve this, you know, um, I'm, I'm just, it's very inspiring to hear about things like this when people work so hard for something and they get it you know and it doesn't even have to be j-lo or renee like they have teams of people and it would be a lot harder if they didn't have it but doesn't mean they didn't work hard and it's a lot easier to get inspired by people who have nothing to everything and um i don't know renee zellweger's story but i do know j-lo's and so i should also mention that it is applicable in J-Lo's situation because she did come from, like, nothing. She came from the the block, um, the Bronx. So um, to see where she's come now is just incredibly inspiring. And I hope she gets her Oscar. I'll, I'd watch the Oscars if she's nominated, for sure. 10 out of 10%. Like, of course. You gotta watch J-Lo, you know? Anyways. Okay, on to some more inspiring news. Basically, um, Hurricane Dorian, who um, a lot of you would have heard about, um, went through basically the east coast of North America. Um, and right through, like, I believe it was Florida. Um, and it hit a part of Canada, the easternmost part of Canada, Nova Scotia especially, 
Um, and I just wanted to bring this kind of inspiring story about the, um, the, the amount of community that has come out of this. Basically, um, one person said, I'm fortunate enough that I've got a large family and a bunch of friends have come and we've been cutting and chainsawing for the last three days just to remove debris out of the water to reduce any flooding, floating hazards rather, and get private property out of the water. The coastal community of Herring Cove is located south of Halifax, um, close to where the storm made landfall Saturday night, last Saturday night. Former Hurricane Dorian barreled um, into the Atlantic region as a post-tropical, did I say Pacific? No, I just said East Coast, didn't I? I thought I said, I thought I was referring uh, referring to the East Coast as like the Pacific Ocean, and it isn't. That's the other side. This is the Atlantic. So if I made a mistake, I'm very sorry. Former Hurricane Dorian barreled into the Atlantic region as a post-tropical storm with winds reaching between 120 and 150 kilometers an hour and rain in the 100 to 200 millimeter range. Now, that's a lot. Like, I urge you all to go on your phone right now. Um, if you have one, if not, like, just go on the internet and look up your local weather, and it'll tell you how windy it is out right now. For me, it's actually not that windy. It's like six kilometers per hour. It's not that bad. Um, but imagine just 120 to 150 kilometers per hour and rain. Like, that's just... And this is supposed to be... They, they say it's a post-tropical storm, you know? So, of course, this isn't exactly what, like, Dorian did to a lot of people. Like, this is, like, mediocre compared to how devastating it was to a lot of people. Um, and yes, there has been worse. And yes, I could have talked about it. But I like to talk about local news. And I like to talk about good things. So I'll, that's what I'll say about that. But um, I just, I find it incredible to hear about these local stories. Um, for me anyways, for a lot of you, I know you're, you're not even from Canada, so it's not that local. But, you know, some Canadian news if you're kind of bored of your own, you know. Um, but basically, there's this person, Reno, who has lived his whole life in this small community, hugging the coast. He said, in the storm's aftermath, he'd counted at least seven sheds and 12 wharfs um, that were destroyed in his immediate vicinity. His wharf and shed were among them. Quote, when the surge broke, there was a six-foot wall of water that came around that corner, and that was not like anything I've ever seen before. But he said, I won't leave looking in the direction of the breakwater. It was powerful and an awesome display of nature at its best. I think it, or its worst, depending on your point of view, but it was just surreal. What he wants most now is help restoring community infrastructure, um, beginning with the breakwater. Julia Sawicki agreed. The deck of her home overlooks the breakwater, and although her deck was damaged by the powerful water surge, her home remains structurally sound. I think most of us are concerned about the breakwater in terms of preserving or trying to help this cove be protected and be able to handle some of this weather, which will only be more frequent. Another quote, it involves almost a bit of organizing to keep everybody working. There's been that many people, Reno said. We're actually 75% done in three days, pulling out probably the largest building and wharf that went, and we did it all by hand and chainsaw and had just been amazing. Now, this article was done by Yvette Detremont, um, who is a Halifax-based reporter. So thank you so much, to Yvette. Um, I think it's just amazing um, that people can come together because of these things. However, unfortunately, a lot of the time people have to come together 
because of these things. You know, they only come together because of these things. Although um, Halifax is a very, the East Coast is a very community-oriented place. Kind of everybody knows each other vibe, you know, that vibe. Um, So I, I doubt that they, you know, didn't before. And this is new. But basically, I just wanted to talk about that because um, not only did Dorian um, affect these people, it says at one point there were 400,000 people without power or something. They quickly resolved that. But um, just 400,000 people were affected in a way um, at least from a post-tropical storm. So during the actual Dorian storm, when it went right through a lot of the United States, um, it affected a lot more. So um, I think that um, this community vibe, I say vibe, I sound kind of stupid saying it, and I hope this community vibe reaches all parts of the places Dorian has affected and talking about it is really important because like it didn't affect me I knew some people who it did affect directly um but learning more about it is your step in caring um and then if you're really really compelled doing direct work or you know something like that basically but tried uh, basically what I'm trying to say is that I'm feeling like I'm empathetic in a way I feel like this is really good to learn about other people's experiences and learning about things that don't directly affect me because they do like affect millions of people I I, I doubt that it hasn't affected like just 400,000 people in this small part of Canada, so, and it ripped right through the East Coast, so it had to affect, affected more people than that, you know what I mean? So, I feel, I feel like I'm going on too long about this. Okay, next topic, I feel like the next one isn't as, um, glorious. What is it about? Oh, y'all might have heard about this. I said y'all, oh my goodness. Um, James Corden did a segment calling out fat shaming and people are applauding. This is thanks to BuzzFeed News, Lauren Strapagil. Um, basically, it all started when Bill Mayhar, or whatever, however you call his last name, did a segment on his show calling for, I didn't even know he had a show, for the return of fat shaming. Basically, he claimed that fat shaming has gone away and we need to bring it back in order to address obesity or something. Quote, some amount of shame is good, he said. Corden wasn't buying it. Um, His quote is, if making fun of fat people made them lose weight, there'd be no fat kids in school. Um, Quote, and I'd have a six pack right now. And this quote specifically has been copy and pasted so many times and written down um, from this um, because it's so profound because the fact that people who are heavier get bullied so much and it's so sad and bullying as a whole is just so inappropriate um, and to be honest we all know this. Bullying bullying is really, it affects everybody. It, it has affected me. It has affected you. Um, but to be honest, um, I always come back to this with so many things is that Michael Jackson, I don't know if he's the best to quote right now, but um, he said, what did he say? Something about if you want to see change, look at the man in the mirror. Um And I think it's so true. Like, I've been in situations where I've been like, oh, wait, I'm the problem, you know? And I'm sure I I cannot be the only one, you know, listening or I'm speaking. But, you know, I can't, you can't be the only listener, you know, um, who's felt that. I can't be the only person who's felt that. Um, 
it's just so inappropriate. And the fact that this person believes that fat shaming is good. Now, I will say that a lot of people are inspired in different ways, but shaming people is a form of hate, you know? It's bullying. It's not right. And for the majority of people, it does not work. And if it does work for you, it might not work all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a spectrum of things, but I feel like in the grand scheme of things, it's so inappropriate to fat shame somebody. You know, um, everybody knows that through positivity, there's more action, there's more productivity, you know? Um, Corden started by making digs at both himself and Mayhar for the ratings and questionable movie roles, but then got into the good stuff. Quote, fat shaming never went anywhere. Ask literally any fat person. We are reminded of it all the time. There's a common and insulting misconception that fat people are stupid and lazy and we're not. We get it. We know. We know that being overweight isn't good for us and I've struggled my entire life trying to manage my weight and I suck at it. And that's also profound because the fact that they they are people too, you know, I feel like I don't know if it's like ingrained, um, learned culture to believe that um, heavier people, fat people, if you want me to say the real word, are less than. But I know that um, in the past, in the way, way past, I will say, um, I've uh, looked at a heavy person and been like, they're lazy, you know? Um but to be honest, they aren't. They're literally people. And another part where he said um, he's he's really bad at managing his weight. And to be honest, it comes down to genes, you know? Like, um, a lot of people just can't, you know? They're born bigger. And even if they start out smaller, you know? Genes change, hormones change, everything changes. And um, of course, everybody should be striving to be healthy because that's the bottom line. But as long as you're striving is the point, you know? And I, I believe James Corden is trying and he says he struggled. And when there's a struggle, there's a trying, you know? It's really, really hard when you're struggling, but it means you're trying. And that's that's where I'm like, you're doing fine, you know? Yeah, um, not saying that you have to struggle, but I'm just saying that you have to be trying to be healthier, you know? Um, and if you don't get there, if you don't get to healthy, that's not on you. That's not on anybody else. That's just the way things are. And you did try your hardest. And that's just amazing. I cannot believe that this happened because when you have a... I hate saying platform, but when you have a platform like Bill Mayhar, like I've heard of him before, and for him to have said this and to have reached Jordan, James Corden, what did I, what was I even going to say, Jordan? Um, James Corden, and for it to blow up so big, um, it means he has enough of a platform for people to hear him, if that makes sense. And you don't even need to be Bill Mayhar or Mayher, or whatever, like, you can be yourself and say something like that, and that's still destructive, because people will hear it, or even yourself will hear it, and you'll start believing it, you know, the more you say something, the more you believe it, and that goes for anything from trying to motivate yourself to trying to degrade yourself, um, and it's just unfortunate that he said this, because people are going to hear it and believe it, and that's just so unacceptable, you know, um, everybody's born different. It's just as simple as that. And I'm very happy for James Corden to be talking about this because he is a bigger person and, um, he has worked so hard for his career and his show is so funny and he just seems like a 
good, good person, you know, a genuine good person. And um, I'm very happy that this has come out. And I think um, a conversation, multiple conversations, conversations about everything, like it's, it gets um, a bit much for some people. A lot of people believe that, oh, we're becoming too PC. And yes, there's a little line, you know, um, but opening conversations about everything to allow people to learn about other people's stories. And if you're not learning, if you're hearing it again, then to hear it again, you know? Like, I I, I haven't been thinking about fat shaming or the, the plight of, like, heavy people um, recently, at least. But this has put it back on my radar. And um, I think it's really important to remind yourself to be a little respectful to what what you're putting out there um and i don't see an apology i don't really expect one from bill but that's that okay now i just want to talk about this because i did an episode about this but i really i don't care at this point because i think that it's just the dumbest thing i've heard in a while not a while i hear dumb things every day to be honest we all hear dumb things every day we think dumb things. We hear it from ourselves, to be honest. But um, let's talk about it anyways. Thanks to Julia Reinstein, Felicity, has, uh, Felicity Huffman rather has been sentenced to 14 measly days, she didn't say that, in prison for her role in the college admission scandal. Um, the Desperate Housewives actor had pleaded guilty to paying $15,000 to get her daughter's college test answers corrected in order to raise her score. Um, she was also ordered to pay a fine of $30,000 and serve one year of uh, supervised release and 250 hours of community service, which is really cute. Um, she pleaded guilty and made a fraud charges for paying $15,000 uh, for her daughter's college entrance test answers. If you remember, they call it called it, or they're still calling it the college, what is it? The varsity blues, the varsity something scandal. Um, in court, assistant U.S. attorney Eric Rosen argued Huffman had to be held accountable for her actions despite her claim that she took part in the scheme out of desperation to help her daughter. Quote, with all due respect to the defendant, welcome to parenthood. There's no instruction manual. Parenthood is exhausting and stressful, but that's what every parent goes through. Um, Huffman told the court she remembers driving her daughter Sophia to the testing center where she had arranged for the scheme to take place. Uh, place rather. Um, quote, I remember thinking, turn around, just turn around. To my eternal shame, I didn't. Inexcusable. Um... She says that she would, take, she would take full responsibility for her actions and deserved whatever punishment. Um, it has come out that um, that punishment is measly according to what she should be facing. Um, I'm not qualified to say that, but I said it anyways. That, that's my belief. She, um, I've, I've talked about this in that college admission scandal episode. That's literally what it's called. So go and check that out. But, um, yeah, no, this is not it. Um, she deserves a lot more. She took opportunities away from other people. She was greedy and she's privileged and it's just, it's not, I can't, I don't have a lot more to say about it that I haven't already said in that episode, to be honest. She's the first one to be sentenced and, um, I'm waiting to hear about more, you know, more incredibly gross sentencing, you know, it's just, it's a lot. Okay, now I want to talk about some more privilege, basically. Um, so I have talked about Chelsea Handler before and how I really do like her. Um, she was not likable in the past. I will add that, as I always do when I mention her, because she is very controversial. Um, not too much anymore at all. Like, for a few years, she has not been. Um, 
but she has come out with a book about what she's gone through um, after the um, United States election that, um, in her words, broke her, I guess. She had to go to therapy. Um, her um, brother had died at a very young age for him and her, um, and that had affected her immensely, and she didn't realize that that was um, the kind of the reason why um, she kind of broke down after um, the United States president got elected, basically the current one. Um, and I have not read that book yet. I need to buy it. I was at a bookstore and I didn't think about buying it. I like forgot about it. Um, I should do that soon. And, uh, I would prefer an audiobook, but I love a good hardcover, you know? There's something about reading a real book that's just next level, but audiobooks are how I get the books done. You know, otherwise it's going to take me a year. Anyways, definitely check out that book if you have not heard about it yet. Um, I think it, there's a lot to learn from it. A lot, a lot of entertainment. She's read bits out um, on her podcast um, from the book, and they're quite funny. Um, but basically... She has talked about this documentary she has filmed for Netflix. She used to have a show, but she left it to pursue something a little more in-depth back to her Netflix documentary roots, if you will call them. Um, But So it's called Hello Privilege, It's Me, Chelsea. Um, It's a documentary, rather, directed by Alex Stapleton and starring Chelsea. Uh, The premise revolves around examining the concept of white privilege, the societal privilege that benefits white people over non-white people. Now, please don't, please don't pause, stop, or whatever this podcast, because I feel like a lot of people, people of color, people not of color, don't want to hear about it, Um, in my experience anyways, white privilege. Um, but it's need. it needs to be something talked about And I've, I've watched it. It's only an hour long. Just put it on in the background if you don't want to like fully sit down and watch it. But I think you should fully sit down and watch it. Bring some friends around, bring your parents if you have some, um, whoever, grandparents, cousins, whatever. I think everybody should be watching this, whether they're educated about this or not, whether not education is a spectrum. So let me just talk about that. Um, But I've watched it and it starts out with basically, I don't know if it's spoiler alert, basically. um, Chelsea goes to this, uh, what is it like? It's kind of like a slam poetry night, but for rapping. Um, And basically they tell her that they're tired of talking about their own experiences with white privilege. They, as in, oh, I didn't even say, African-American people are tired, black people are tired in general, wherever you're from, about talking about white privilege and how it affects them. And this is just this specific group. I mean, not not all black people, you know? Um, But... Basically, they were trying to say that they want to see action from white people. They want to see action from people not of color because people of color already know what they've been through. But although I I do agree with them, I will have to say that I think action comes after education. Or at least it should. You know, not always. Let's be honest. Um... But I think Netflix is a great platform for this documentary to be on because they can put it on their front page for all of Netflix to watch. And I have Netflix. You probably have Netflix. Um, so it's just incredible um, for these stories to come out because I think a lot of people just shy. This is why I was saying don't pause or stop this podcast because... I know people who just don't want to hear about it 
because it's like, oh, the world getting too PC. We can't make a joke anymore or this or that. Um, and that's, a, that's another topic. But I think that's the issue, that people don't want to hear about it. But it's, a, it's an issue. It's a real thing. It happens. It happens right in front of you. And sometimes you don't realize it's happening, but it is. Whether you're a person of color or whether you're not, and if you're not, you need to be an ally, you need to be educated, and you need to be working. Working on it because equality of everybody, people, quite honestly, if we're not all equal, you know, what's there's a lot of issues with that. Um, but anyways, this documentary is very interesting. It, it She also interviews somebody from her past who um, directly in her own presence um, was a victim of white privilege. She, she got away with things that she shouldn't have, but she was with somebody, a person of color, who didn't, who kind of did the same things as her. And she was basically just trying to like say like look at this she's chelsea handler she lives in beverly hills or bel-air or where where i think it's bel-air um in this incredible house and she was talking about how i was just sitting here one day and i was like this is because i'm white isn't it because she has done wild things she has done things a lot of people can't get away with um, and she was just reflecting on about that. And then she brought it into her own, um, her own, how do you say, just basically she was bringing in an experience. She brought in this person. They talked about how, um, this affected them. And, um, yeah, I think you should watch it basically. Okay. I really want to round this episode out with, um, some happier news. So I looked into the entertainment spot um, for articles, um, <laughs> and I do want to just talk about this topic for a quick second. Basically, if you haven't heard yet, Ariana Grande wants to sue the drug dealer who supplied Mac Miller with the drugs that ultimately led to his death. Um, and this person is 28-year-old Cameron James Petit. Um, or petit, depending on if you're French or not. Um, basically, Grande reportedly believes that any person who supplied drugs to Miller is partly responsible for Miller's death and deserves to be charged and convicted. Now, this is one of the things that you don't think about until it happens to you, but this is also a controversial topic. And I really, I really wanted to talk about something more entertaining to round out. So I'll find some more things. But basically, I agree. You know, um, supposedly um, federal investigators believe Petit supplied Miller with the counterfeit oxycodone pills that were laced with fentanyl, which ultimately led to his death. If you haven't heard of oxycodone or codone um, or cot cotton, some people say cotton. Is that a different thing? Trust me. Clearly, I'm not into drugs. Um, don't get into drugs. Do not get into drugs. Um, they were laced with fentanyl, which both of these drugs, um, oxysamod and fentanyl, huge issue across Canada, North America, the world. It's a huge issue. Leads to homelessness, all these things. Um, and people can't help it because these drugs are so powerful that literally normal people get addicted to them and they their lives are turned upside down because they were prescribed them for pain, for an injury, and they took them as prescribed, but they took too many and um, or they ended up taking too many or something, and they got addicted, or it was just so addicted, addictive after one pill that it was just too much, and that sometimes happens. Um, but I wanna, I wanna say that I do believe that the this person is responsible for the death of Mac Miller because, you know, 
if you know your stuff is laced, first of all, um, and you're not telling this person, I don't know if he knew or not, that's on you. You're fully responsible for it. Like, fentanyl is such an addictive drug, and oxycodone is also incredibly addictive. To put both of them together is just wild, and your drugs, a lot of drugs cannot be mixed anyways. Um, I don't know a lot about these two, but I doubt they should be mixed. I doubt they should be even taken at all. But basically, um, yeah, this person deserves it. If you don't believe that, definitely reach out. I do want to hear more opinions about it. Maybe you have an interesting one. Um, the best place is my Instagram. Um, but yeah, just he, this person's file, it's gross. Um, if you're watching somebody who is vulnerable, um, do something harmful to themselves and you're still, you're letting them have it because you want some money is next level. It's just absolutely gross. And, um, I, I don't have a lot to say about it because it's just, there's not a lot to say about it. There's just one, one truth. Um, there's not always one truth, by the way. Um, and there's not one in this case because I'm sure I'll hear more. Um, but yeah, it's just disgusting. Like, I want to talk about how I don't talk about personal things a lot anymore, but basically I am somebody who had, who works at a popular gym company um, that's all I'll name because I don't want to be sued for defamation, um, said that they have so much pressure to sell memberships that basically, um, like, I don't know if you heard that. Somebody just texted me. Um, basically this person had witnessed one of their coworkers. They quit immediately after this because they were like, What? even they had witnessed stuff before but it had never been this bad where one of their co-workers had so much pressure on them um and they were so sick and twisted in their head that they sold a membership to an old person who had dementia who didn't know where they were how unethical and vile and illegal is that that's just crazy that they they sold this membership they took this person's money and they didn't understand it's just wild um i know a lot of people who get dementia or alzheimer's or any disease illness whatever where they can't think for themselves um do end up having like a beneficiary or i don't know if that's the correct word but basically um somebody who makes their decisions for them, who they trust. Um, and that usually happens before things really get bad. Um, I guess in this case, hopefully there was somebody and they got a refund, but just the damage is done. Like it's incredible. And so in both cases, they, um, took advantage of somebody and they are fully responsible and it's just, um, terrible. I'm going to move on to something happier. Okay, so um, I'm listening to Disturbia by Rihanna right now. Um, I'm just trying to light up the mood, people. Um, and oh, it's just giving me such a nostalgic vibe, like not a depressing one that Lana Del Rey gives you um, sometimes anyways, um, usually for me. <laughs> um, but just a, like a, oh, such a good time in my life, you know? And... I don't want to say that I want to go back there um, because I feel like a lot of people say they want to go back to, you know, the good old days. But to be honest, these are the good old days. You're making the good old days today. You know, a year ago from now, you're probably thinking, oh, I want to go back to the good old days. Um, but I, right now, you're, you, might, you might think, oh, I want to go back to last year. And um, I feel like getting notifications on my phone about who I was a year or two years ago from like Snapchat or like the photos app. It's just, it's fun to look down memory lane a bit. And sometimes I do think, oh, you know, 
I was on vacation. I wish I was there. Or I was just at home and it was um, just a, a chilled Sunday, you know. And, and now I'm at university and I've got stuff to do. But, you know, it can be exciting to have stuff to do too. You know, I think it's good to work really hard because if you didn't work it, was it worth it? You know what I mean? Um, anyways. Oh, you know what? I found this great article on BuzzFeed by Alice Prendergast. Oh, Alice Prendergast. That's from a movie. Prendergast, Prendergast. I think that's from Easy A. I think somebody from Easy A is called Prendergast. And that's kind of funny. Sorry, I just had to blow out my candle because it's been on for a while. And it's so annoying because this candle, I bought it from an okay place and it smells amazing um it's very perfumey less candly um but the wick it needs like three wicks i have this other candle it has three wicks it's amazing it burns perfectly but this one it has one so it like tunnels down but i found a fix i looked for it on the internet and couldn't find it but I thought of it, and basically what I've been doing is using my blow dryer on high heat, high air, just to get it started to, like, really hot, um, and then I'll turn down the air a bit, and it'll still be hot, and it'll melt the top part and melt down. Pro tip, people, like, I am living a new life because of it, and you know, it's amazing. And I love this candle. So I want the most out of it. But basically, this article is 22 eco eco friendly travel products you need to buy before your next trip. I'm not going to go through them all. So definitely check it out by Alex Prendergast. But basically, the first one, I love it, a silicone sandwich bag that you can use to protect your precious toiletries, devices or snacks. And they have a quick fact here. These ones aren't made with petroleum, PVC, or latex. Um, the ones they're listing here. Of course, you don't have to get this one. You can get other ones. But these ones, silicone ones, are more eco-friendly eco than traditional resealable bags. And I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know petroleum, PVC, or latex were less eco-friendly eco rather than silicone or, you know, plain old plastic i think pvc is plastic but anyways um what else do we have here bars of solid soap and conditioner that are cruelty free tsa friendly and compostable love that foldable reusable bottle reusable bottles let me tell you i saw somebody in class today and i put it on my instagram story they had an aquafina bottle and I was like, oh, that reminds me of Aquafina. I just rewatched Crazy Rich Asians. Such a good movie, by the way. Definitely watch it if you haven't. L lots of lessons to learn about that. Um, it literally starts out with a lesson on white privilege. Um, or a little bit of a lesson on white privilege. But basically, this person had a, a plastic water bottle. I was like, in 2019, you have a plastic water bottle. And let me tell you, this university is great at giving people water like they have fountains everywhere they display the amount of water bottles saved and it's amazing seeing those numbers rise and the amount of people using them and the lines in front of them to be used and they have the water bottle one and they have a normal one for drinking and you can use either one and it's amazing i always use it i haven't had a plastic water bottle and you know what I'm, I should say I had two in the summer because I was very desperate, had a migraine and I needed the water and I was at work. Um, and my only other option was to, I guess, buy a water bottle, um, a plastic water bottle, but they had some already. So I was like, you know, we'll save some money. Um, but anyways, use your water bottles, people. I saw somebody on Instagram, um, say they... They got these like spring water reusable things. I don't I don't understand. Basically it was eco friendly, whatever. But then they mentioned, oh, but I'll still be using my plastic water bottles every once in a while because I can't give those up. I bring one to the gym and one to the car every day. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. 
you know, it's great that you're trying, but why? Like, does your wa- does your home water not have clean water? And if not, get a Brita. Get a water filtering situation. Get your water cleaned. And I know it's a privilege to have clean water. And, you know, it's not a privilege. It's a right. Sorry about that. It's a right to have clean water. Not everybody has it. Um, but if you don't have it, get a Brita. You know, get a Brita. Or just any water, whatever, you know? Come on, people. Honestly. Okay, I do like this one. It says, get a uh, get an energy-efficient portable solar power bank. Now, I've always wanted to find a solar power bank for my phone. I have one that's not solar right now. It's amazing, by the way. It charges my phones like a million times on my phones. My phone, although I do have a an old one that I use for like when I'm trying to study and I don't want my phone near me, my actual phone near me. But um, I want one that does solar because, yeah, this one not only takes a millennia to charge, and I could only imagine that a solar one would be twice as long, to be honest, because solar takes a while. But when it's charged, it's charged, and it's saving the environment. It's literally using energy that's going to be wasted anyways well not wasted because it's it's used by trees hopefully you have some trees around you if not plant some um but yeah i I want a solar power bank and this is inspiring me to do that other things there's a lot of biodegradable like one use products like this one says toilet seat covers makeup wipes toothbrushes um you know that sort of thing um basically yeah learn more every day about how you can help directly about climate change let's start with um water bottles you know and then we'll move on to straws i have my straw right here i bought them from work it was great um and yeah get a brita get some one use products are i love my one use products like i have some for like my skin and i love it but I know that I shouldn't use it. So after this pack runs out, I'm not getting any more. Um, and I'll just be, you know, pouring the product onto my face, I guess, and rubbing it in. But that's just that's just the way it goes, you know. It's just the way it goes. You, you will adapt. I will adapt. And we'll get through it together. If you're having issues, DM me. And we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, yeah. One-use products is where a lot of people can start they have a lot of things here like um earbuds made of wood and recycled aluminum that's interesting not the cutest look but go on um yeah just amazing anyway i think the show's over um if you haven't known yet if you have gotten this far thank you so much for listening But basically, I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and more as per usual. But if you're listening already, you are probably on a good platform for you. My Instagram is linked down below. Again, I post a lot on my stories. I ask people things. Um, There's polls. There's whatever questions. Um, There's a dialogue. Sometimes I share the responses. Sometimes I don't, depending on if people want their answers shared or if if I honestly just feel like sharing them. But anyways, that's where you can reach me. It's all listed down below. I will see you very soon. Thanks for joining me.